There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Let's make our confession of faith together. Because I'm unconditionally loved by God and at harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet in Jesus' name. Remain standing. I want you to go to uh, James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We were here on Sunday. We're in our series, Already Won. Every battle, every problem. Every battle, every problem. Every battle, every problem. James chapter 1, verse number 2. My brethren. That means he's talking to church folks. Say he's talking to us. Uh, Y'all got to talk to me. Say he's talking to us. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. In other words, he says, when you find some stuff popping up in your life, you need to shout. When you, when you run into some financial difficulties, you ought to praise. Now, this doesn't make any sense because he's saying, I need you to look at a mess, but I need you to not think it's a mess. I need you to look at drama, but I need you to not treat it like it's drama. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. What produces patience? Testing. Okay. Now, for everybody who said, I can't take no more. Look at the name and say, shut your mouth. It's making you patient. Try the other neighbor to tell him, tell him, say, shut your mouth. Say, it's making you patient. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its what? Perfect work that you, say your name, may be perfect. Now, that doesn't literally mean perfect. It just means what it says afterwards, to be complete and lacking nothing. Look at me. If something's lacking, it means you're impatient. If something's lacking, it means you're impatient. Say your name. Say, if something's lacking, it means you're impatient. Say, but tonight, you're going to learn how not to feed the wildlife. 
It's going to make sense in just a moment. Father, customize, Taylor, make this word for us, your people, that we will move and walk in the great things that you have ordained. Tonight, help us with our patience. We need it. We need it. And then we need it some more. We need your grace to do it. We need your strength to do it. We need your favor to do it. And we honor you for it tonight. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, high five, two or three people say, don't feed the wildlife. Don't feed the wildlife. Don't feed the wildlife. Don't feed. Don't you feed that wildlife. You can be seated tonight. We're in our series already won. Every battle, every problem. We just have to walk out what he walked out on the cross. And in this series, we're focusing on the everyday battles we face. A battle is a fight or a struggle to achieve or resist something. And today's battle uh, uh, that we started on Sunday was how we view and handle the struggles because if we, that we deal with in life. Because if we look at them wrong, we'll never handle them right. On Sunday, we learned, if you remember, point number one was that the struggle is real. This phrase is a pop culture term that means you're in a difficult situation, but you're dealing with it anyhow. I need you to learn how to recognize that you're further than you really are. Mr. What do you mean? You're in some difficult stuff. Anybody in some difficult situation right now? Anybody facing some difficult stuff right now? But watch this. You're still dealing with it. You haven't locked yourself in a room. You haven't gone into a depression. You may be discouraged, but don't ever confuse a little discouragement with a depression. You may be dealing with some vicissitudes, but don't make you think that that means you're further back than you really are. You're in some difficult situations, but somebody holler, I'm dealing with it anyhow. You've dealt with some betrayal, but you're dealing with it anyhow. You've dealt with some Judases, but you're dealing with them anyhow. You've dealt with some setbacks, but you're dealing with them anyhow. Now, when you're dealing with it, you can think that your struggles are unique or unusual, and they're not. They're just part of your evolution. Your struggle may not be my struggle, but we all have a struggle. And we looked at this on Sunday because it was beautifully seen in the evolution of the butterfly, uh, which their evolution is called a metamorphosis, in which there's a change in it. You remember? Structure, habitat, behavior. Say it with me, Wednesday. Each step up is a struggle up. You get that. Each step up is a struggle up. You need to know as you're making progress in life and you are sitting next to somebody that's making a whole lot of progress. You may not understand that your neighbor has had to fight to get to where they are right now. They have to fight to have a smile on their face. They have to fight to have a praise on their lips, but they're fighting anyhow. Each step up is a struggle up and it's not easy, but it is worth it. Say it's not easy, but it is worth it. Don't think that just because you're a Christian, and if you're not, we're going to pray that you become one in just a minute. Don't you think that your life is going to be easy, uh, but however, everything you face is going to be worth it. The first stage of that butterfly's life cycle was called the egg. It's where sesame seed-sized eggs are laid on plants by the adult female butterfly, and these plants become the food for the hatching caterpillars. After hatching, it chews a hole to get out of the egg, then it eats the sack it was hatched in. Watch this. This is why, if you're really honest with yourself, if you look back over all the hell you've been through, it was good for you. If you look back over the rejection, it was good for you. If you look back over the betrayal, it was good for you. If you look back over the hurt, it was good for you. Say, it was good for me. But then the second stage is the larva. This is when the caterpillar eats and eats and eats. Say, it eats, eats, eats some more. And as it grows, it sheds its skin about four or five times. And every shedding is the beginning of a new stage of life. Watch this. Food eaten at this time is stored and used later as an adult. During this time, caterpillars can grow 100 times their normal size. Now, I had you to prophesy, which means to foretell by declaring and uh, uh, declaring something. You foretell and foretell. Say foretell. 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 Say that's prophesied. 
Now say, I prophesy to myself some fast growth in my life. You do not have time to be in the kiddie pool in this stage of your life. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You better learn how to call things that be not as though they were. This is not the time for you to be uh, going in the kiddie pool. This is not the time for you to be stuck on stage one. It is time for you to have some fast growth in your life. So prophesy out to yourself. Lay your hands on yourself and say your name. Say, it's time for fast growth. Starting right here, right now. If you believe it, you ought to give them a praise for it. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and them that love it shall eat its fruit. And if you don't like what you're seeing, you got to change what it is that you are saying. Then we got to that third level, which was the pupil level. 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 This is the pupa level. Uh, when the caterpillar is fully grown, it becomes a pupa. Check it out. When it's grown, it becomes a pupa. When the caterpillar is fully grown, it becomes a pupa. Watch this. Uh, also called a chrysalis, and it suspends under a branch, is hidden in leaves, or buried underground. This stage can last from a couple of weeks to up to two years, and it may look like nothing is going on, but big changes are happening on the inside. Special cells that were present in the larva stage are now growing rapidly. They'll become the legs, the wings, the eyes, and the other parts of the adult butterfly. But I need you to catch this part, because I we did this on Sunday. I'm going to the new stuff in just a moment, but I need you to catch this. When the caterpillar is fully grown, it becomes a pupa called the chrysalis, which, watch this, is like a cocoon. But it only goes into that cocoon once it's reached the maximum capacity of the previous stage of life. Put it on the screen. It only goes to this uh, stage of life once it's uh, maximized the prior stage of life. I, I, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Touch your neighbor and say, you're further than you know. You keep thinking you're way back here, not realizing that the chrysalis you're in is proof that you're way up here. I tell you to just high five your neighbor and say, you're further than you think. No, that's the wrong neighbor. Try somebody else say, you're further than you think. I know you're dealing with some setbacks now, but baby, you're further than you think. I know you're dealing with some disappointments now, but you're further than you think. Only when the caterpillar is grown does it go into the cocoon. Are you here? Now, watch this. Uh, I told you on Sunday that I could relate to this stage, but in a frustrating way, because how did it make so much progress to now be under a branch, hidden behind leaves, or buried after, underground? After all that fight, let me make it practical for you and me. After all that prayer, after all that fasting, after all that sowing, after all that shouting, after all that dancing, after all that praising, after all of that progress, how in the heaven am I now dealing with this? And I told you on Sunday that our tendency may be to become impatient. And when you're impatient, you become inconsistent in the right things. And we can then complain that God's way isn't working. But truth be told, we don't even work God's way consistently. I want to say it another way that's going to set us up for where we're going. After all that progress, it's forced into a slowdown. Okay, it got super quiet right there, all right? Where, where the real folk at? After all of that progress, somebody can relate to this. Would you just not leave me standing up here by myself? After all of that progress, it's forced into a slowdown. Let me say it another way. After all that progress, it's forced to be patient. And that's where your neighbor is tonight. After all the progress they've made, who am I preaching to? You are now forced to be patient because you're in circumstances you can't do nothing to control. 
I wish I had some honest folk over here. Uh, we learned on Sunday that patience isn't waiting. It's the level of endurance your character can take before becoming negative while you're being delayed or provoked, which takes us back to James 1 and 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. He's saying, listen, when you fall into various trials, notice he didn't say you summoned them. He said you fell into them. You didn't do anything to initiate it, but now you got to deal with it. It's kind of like how some people come in your life, mess it up, and then now you got to pick up the pieces of the hell they left. You've never had that happen. I know you never had that happen. But your neighbor and I have had some folk do that. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now notice he said, say, say diversity. He says, you're going to deal with the diversity of trials. He said, you're going to have some money trials. You're going to have some this trial, some family trial, some relationship trial, some self trial, some more self trial, some more self trial, some cousin trial. Say various. Anybody right now in this room or one of our digital campuses, you're dealing with some various trials right now. Now, if that's not you, where do you live? Because if you're not being tested, you must not be very gifted. If you're not being tested, no need to give opposition to somebody ain't going nowhere. Watch this. Let's just put a pause in it for a praise. If you've got opposition coming against you, that is confirmation that you're making progress in life. Would you give God just a 15-second praise that your opposition just spoke something to you? Watch this now. James 1, 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. In other words, he's saying the struggle is real. Notice he didn't say count it all joy when you come out. Notice he didn't say count it all joy, God's going to bring you out. He said count it all joy when you fall in it. He, he, said, he, said, he said count it all joy when you fall in it. Touch the neighbor and say you're in it right now. Now notice, watch this. He doesn't just say when you fall in it. Uh, he says when you fall in it. No, 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 I need you to get this. It's, it's, it's a very, very, uh, it's a nuanced distinction, but I need you to catch it. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. He's saying he doesn't care what the trial is. Your response should be the same. Look at me, church. He says, I don't care what your trial is, but your response should always be the same. So if a Judas shows up, give him praise. If a financial issue shows up, give him praise. If a, y'all not saying nothing. If a marital issue shows up, give him praise. He says, count it all joy. He says, I don't care what the diversity of the trials are. You need to count it the same way. You know your neighbor's issues is that they miscount their trials because they don't respond the way they were told to. The only reason why what you're facing seems so big now is because you counted it wrong. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, which means no matter how big it is, it's still a trial, so I still count it joy. But now watch this. Watch verse 3. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete like nothing. Testing there in the Greek language of our New Testament, it means to delay while being provoked. So here's the test. 
I'm delayed and somebody messing with me. I gave you an example on Sunday. I bet you still remember it, huh? Where you're standing in line and it's hot and you got to use the restroom. You got your rock. You kind of doing your rock. Got it? Okay, 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 okay. Now, now watch this, watch this. Uh, let me give you another example. You ever been in traffic? I don't understand traffic. Because the way I figure it is if I'm driving and you driving and the person in front of you driving and the person in front of them driving, well, what the traffic is, what, 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 what the problem is? I, I don't understand the problem. Why is there a problem if we all just drive? But I discovered something, that whenever there's a distraction on the side of the road, the people that are driving like to stop focus on where they're going to pay attention to watch this to somebody else's issue. I was driving somewhere the other day, and as I was driving, I was like, ooh, this must be a bad accident. Then when I got up there, I said, I waited 20 minutes for this. And once I got past the traffic, I drove with an attitude. Don't judge me. You do the same thing. You know how you do <clears throat> I can't believe this. I started driving with an attitude. I said, out there you had me waiting for 20 minutes. It wasn't nothing wrong. Check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out. I'm delayed and I'm provoked. I'm trying to get somewhere and you in my way. Delayed while provoked. Say delayed while provoked. Check this out. But he says that's what's going to produce patience. And he says, watch this, verse, verse 4. The first two words of verse 4, they're going to put it up for you. Watch these first two words of verse 4. And I want you to just shout them at me, church. Would you shout them at me? One, two, shout them. But let. He's ready, though. He ready. What's well, this? Just the first two words. Go. Come on, choir. Come on, choir. But let. Okay. Okay. What's this? But let, now here's the problem with that verse, church. Look at me, church. Here's the problem with that verse. Let is a verb. Which means I have to participate with patience. Okay, it got quiet right there. Uh, I says, say let. That's a verb, which means it's an action. Which means while I'm delayed while being provoked, I have to take action to participate with patience. Patience ain't just going to put it on me. I got to work with it. Oh, God, it got quiet there. Say, I have to participate with patience. And to do that, we cannot feed our impatience. Say, don't feed the wildlife. Watch this video right quick. Now, you probably seen that video. Now, if you were listening to this on, on uh, auto message or CD, you're like, what in the world is that video? Well, there's this little girl with a seal. Seal jumped up at her, and the seal jumped up at her. Uh, she kind of jumped back, 
Then she decided to get closer to the seal because after the seal jumped at her, she was like, oh, he wants to play. So then she sits down, and then the seal grabs her, snatches her in the water, and somebody has to go save her. But when I was watching this video on one of the news channels, they said, well, why did that happen? He said, because there's a sign right there. And the sign says, don't feed the wildlife. And he said, the problem is, he said, I don't know if those people were doing it or not. He said, but the problem is people ignore the sign and feed the wildlife. So the wildlife thinks that you're food. Okay, y'all going to catch it in a minute. Y'all going to you keep feeding your impatience, and your impatience is a ravenous animal. It's a wild animal. Touch your neighbor and say, don't feed the wildlife. So the question is, Bishop, what feeds the wildlife? It's three Ps, baby. Come on, let's go on with them three Ps. Say three Ps. Pigs feed the wildlife. Matthew 7 and 6. Do not give what is holy to the dogs. It's quiet in the church. It's quiet in the church. Nor cast your pearls before swine. Say that's pigs. Lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. Look at me Wednesday night live. Sometimes you feed your impatience because you have too many pigs around you. And they do not add to you. They subtract from you. They do not build you up. They tear you down. And the reason you're impatient is because they are present. I'm going to teach it. Y'all ain't got to stay with me. Matthew 7, 6. Say, do not give what is holy. Say, now, that word holy means distinct or valuable. It means sacred. It means your time. What is pure to the dogs. A dog there in the Greek language of our New Testament, it means a man of an impure mind, an impudent man, one that returns to their own vomit. Here's what it means. Check this one out. A spiritual predator who feeds off of others. Proverbs 26, 11, a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Bishop, how do I know I got a dog in my life because they keep doing the same thing over again? It's quiet here. But, but watch this next part of the verse. Nor cast your pearls before swine. Now, say don't feed the wildlife. You keep feeding the very people that are the reason you're impatient. I'm preaching better than y'all are saying it. Nor cast your pearls before swine. Swine there, it's just a pig, say a pig. Uh, that, that word there, watch this, uh, it translates into the word hog. That word translates into the word so, S-O-W, which is the same Latin root word for hyena. So if we were to do a flashback from a message I did some time ago called the gospel according to Simba, you'll remember that hyenas had an allegiance to Scar. Anybody ever watch Lion King? I think it's one of the greatest movies of all time. That movie can preach going coming in the middle it preaches it's good you got to get that message <laughs> i'm like god no this preacher's really good check it out uh the hyenas who were they loyal to scar now just go with me on a on a disney journey for just a moment scar's name means trash which means this swine don't have an allegiance to anything they think is too good to be true they have an allegiance to trashy people, trashy places, trashy things, trashy ideas. The Bible says, don't you give your pearls, things of value, to trashy people. I know what you're saying. Bishop, my cousin ain't trashy. 
Bishop, my mama. Now, that's my mama, Bishop. That's my daddy, Bishop. That's my cousin. I just want to ask you something, though. Who's speaking in Matthew 7, 6? Put it up. Who's speaking right here? Jesus. Say, Jesus is speaking. So what did Jesus call some human beings? Dogs and pigs. So if Jesus says, I love them, but they a pig. I love them, but they are bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay, bow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay. Who let the dogs in? Watch what he says. Watch what he says. Lest they trample. Now, here's that word trample. Can I just teach it for a moment? That, that means reject with disdain. That means they'll disrespect you and push you away. They'll hate you for being too good for them. Lest they trample uh, you underfoot. Got it? And then turn and tear you into pieces. Now, now, watch this. There are some people in your life. Watch this. And watch springtime. Because during springtime, it's a season change. It's a season change. Different things start showing up. Different folks start showing up. They'll pop up on your social media. They'll, they'll pop up in your, in your, on, your, on, on, on your phone. They'll pop up, and you'll be like, oh, cool. And God is like, no, that's a pig. And they're about to trample you under their feet. And then, watch this. Here's the trip about the verse. Put the verse up. Watch this verse. Watch this. Y'all so quiet tonight. Watch the verse. Then they're going to turn and tear you apart. Well, no wonder it's so different to be patient. Because you spend all your time solving the pig's issues that you never address and deal with any of your life's issues. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. He says, he says, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into what? Pieces. So what are they going to trample under your feet? Your pearls, things of value. Say my time. They're going to waste your time. And then once they're done wasting their time, they're going to lie on you. Let me tell you what so-and-so did to me. Let me tell you, no, let me tell you this. Let me tell you that. So watch this. You wasted your time when you could have been improving your life and in your evolution, getting someone else through theirs who never wanted to evolve. It's, it's quiet here. All right. Say, Bishop, what didn't Jesus say? Notice he didn't say to try to change the nature of the pig or the dog. He said, don't be a pig whisperer. But let's just be honest. Many of us think we are. Many of us think that we are. Well, you don't understand. No, you don't understand. You'll sit here and spend hours trying to get somebody convinced to only get to the end of the conversation and say, Does it, do you know what I mean, right? I hear what you're saying. Let me think about it. Think about it? I didn't spend 45 minutes on the phone for you to say you're going to think about it. But next time, I'll just shoot you an email. Okay, it's quiet right through here. Apparently, I'm all in the Kool-Aid. Somebody holler, don't feed the wildlife. But you keep feeding the pig. Keep feeding the pig. You keep feeding the pig and feeding the pig and feeding the pig and feeding the pig. And so now, watch this. You're impatient. Because the very thing that frustrates you, you keep around you. 
It's quiet in the church. That's like being a supervisor and you give somebody a job to, to fry the fries and they don't never fry the fries. They're over there back by the mayonnaise station. Like your job, put the fries down, click the button and do this. And then every time you come over there, oops, the fries are too dark. Well, just follow the instructions. Okay, well, listen, you are making me impatient, but it's my fault because I had the power to change you. Let me just get to the point. You have the power to change who's in your circle. So don't be mad if a pig's there and you permitted them presence. Jesus didn't say try to change the nature of the pig or the dog. Okay. You know, you know why sometimes you get mad in life? You get mad? It's because you try to change the nature of people. And you know why sometimes people get mad at God? It's because you have hope that God's going to change somebody. You don't have hope in Jesus. You have hope he's going to change somebody. So when he doesn't change them, then you're like, well, this faith thing doesn't work. But nowhere in the book were you ever supposed to have hope in people. Our hope is in Jesus. Because he's the one that never fails us, never forsakes us. Never. Can I get a witness in the house tonight? Now, now, now watch this. Uh, uh, Jesus didn't say try to change the nature. He said just recognize you're dealing with a pig or a dog. Watch this. Because you'll think, well, more communication, more time, uh, more this, more that, more that, more that. Not realizing anybody convinced against their will is of the same opinion still. So, watch this. You know why you're impatient? Because you keep feeding pigs. Anybody right now, can I just be honest? Now, if you're sitting next to the pig, just smile at them so they don't get any clues. But anybody, you know you got some pigs in your circle right now. Just, just tell the truth. Okay, and if it's a person, just smile at them. That'll be just saying, no, that's you. No, just joking. We all do. We all got some folks we need to say, what, what do you bring to the table? And if I can't figure out the answer, then why do you still have a seat at my table? It's quiet here. Don't feed the wildlife. Second P, you cannot feed panic. Our English word panic is derived from the uh, word pan, which in uh, Greek mythological, it's a Greek mythological god of flocks and herds, typically represented with the horns, ears, and legs of a goat on a man's body. His sudden appearance was supposed to cause terror, similar to that of a frightened and stampeding herd. Question, have you ever felt that frightened, stampeding herd of fear running and rushing through your emotions and trampling all rational sensibilities? You ever felt that? T touch anybody and say, that's panic. Panic, watch this, is a form of wildlife. Bishop, why? Uh, well, notice, it was the, it was the, uh, our sis, it was the Greek mythological god of gods, uh, excuse me, of flocks and herds. So it's wildlife. You've been panicking about a problem that's not even that big. And panic is not always sudden. It's often gradual. It's a slow creeping gnawing uh, that irritates you and grows exponentially inside of you. Then all of a sudden, bang, pop, there it goes. You plunge into despair. You don't know how to get all of it. But all panic is is an illusion that brings confusion. You're panicking about something that you are in control of. You get one bad email and you panic. You get one bad report and you panic. Y'all not saying nothing. You get one piece of information and you panic. You get one call from an 800 number you don't recognize and you panic. Am I talking to anybody? 
Some people live in a constant frenzy of fear, but others have learned how to disguise it publicly while experiencing these inward quiet riot that gives them jitters, suspicion, paranoia, and shame. That's what panic does. Panic makes you paranoid. You're paranoid. I mean, there's always a conspiracy theory for everything that has nothing to do with anything. But then watch this. But then you've got suspicion. You're suspicious of everything. Suspicious of everybody. Then you got jitters. I just need to get up and take a break. Well, you took two already, so I suggest you sit down and do some work. You ain't leading to that's done. I'll tell you that right now. Are you here, church? Watch this. Watch this. Jitters, suspicion, paranoia, shame. Now, check this out. When you panic, here's what you normally do. You will normally run to alleviate panic, which all it does is feed panic. So here's what you'll do. You'll, oh my God, I just, I just saw something. <sighs> Open the laptop back up, finish reading the email, and handle the business. Y'all not saying nothing. Y'all not saying nothing. Y'all not saying nothing. Y'all not saying nothing. Oh my God, I just saw this message. Oh God, I just did. Put your finger on the finger scanner and type a Jesus type response. You know how Jesus would respond? You brood of vipers. <laughs> you pig <laughs> and dog. Love God. <laughs> Love people. <laughs> Love life. I'm going to sleep. Don't text me back. I'm putting the phone on. Do not disturb. I'm just playing. That's called being passive aggressive. All right. No, <laughs> I'm just being funny. Watch this. When you panic, you try to run away from what's making you panic, but that's what feeds it. Because you'll spend your day avoiding issues. You'll spend your life avoiding issues. I don't want to read it. I don't want to know. Okay. But let's be honest. How many of us have ever done that? You got an envelope in the mail, you're like, I don't know what that is. I, I don't want to read it. Just put that over there. Your kids, but like, mama, here's over the mail. Leave that over there. Put it over there. I'm not expecting any packages from US Bank. I don't know. I'm not expecting anything. Let's be honest. How many of us have panicked? How many, let's just be honest. How many of us in the last seven days have had a panic? That's right. Okay. If you feed the wildlife, how do I feed it, Bishop? By running from it. Instead, what you have to do to panic is stand up in it. Would you just do this with me real quick? I'm almost done preaching. I'm five minutes over, so give me three more minutes and I'm out of here. Uh, would you just do me a favor just stand up real quick? Can we just have aerobic church for just a moment? Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, okay. Would you do this for me? Just take a step forward. He said, no, no. He said, say, Bishop, what did I just do? That's how you respond to panic. You step into it. So when you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Step into it. I don't know how this is going to work out for my family. Step into it. I don't know how this is going to work out for my marriage. Step into it. Do not feed the wildlife. You can be seated. That's how you handle it. You step into it. Some of your mornings aren't productive because you run them, you, you spin them running from panic. That's how you feed the wildlife. Conversations you need to have, you keep putting off. You've rescheduled it four times. You just need to step into it. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying, church? Now, watch this. Here, here's the third thing. What's the first thing not to feed? Pigs. You need to check your circle. Got it? He that does not increase you will decrease you. Okay? All right. Second thing not to feed is panic. Here's the third thing. Poor perception. Which brings us to the verse 5 back from uh, the book of James. We were in we were in James chapter 1. Here it is, verse 5, and I'm done. If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, uh, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he's going to get anything from the Lord. He's a what? Double-minded man. What? Now, check, check this out. Check this out. I told you this on Sunday. When we, when we become, or we become double-minded when we doubt. And we doubt when we lack wisdom. And we lack wisdom when we're impatient. So we make silly decisions because of short-term struggles. But why, why would we make silly decisions when we know better? Anybody in here, let's be honest. You made some silly decisions and you knew better. I'm, come, 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 come. Anybody, you, you, you like, the, 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 it was so silly. You like laughed at yourself like. We've all done it. And here's why. Because we feed poor perception. What's perception? Perception is the way you view what is real. It's not what's real. It's the way you view what's real. So here's perception. Perception to somebody can say, wow, look at all of that water that's available for me. Somebody with poor perception says, yeah, but look at that air bubble up there. Might not have enough for the journey. Got it? Okay, watch this. To somebody with poor perception, even good things, they'll make negative things. So with somebody with poor perception, you'll say, good morning. Everybody wants me. Where did you get that from? You have poor perception of reality. Some of y'all know folk like that. Somebody say, good morning. How you doing? I knew they were trying to holler, I just, but that's why I didn't say good morning. Man. We say good morning to everybody. Quiet, church. So, so, so it is. Say poor perception. So, so here it is. Here it is. When you have poor perception, notice he says, he says you're going to be, you're going to be double-minded. And that word in Greek means double-souled. Your soul is your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. Because you don't see it as it is. You see it as you are. So you make all your circumstances reflect your struggle. So even when you get a good report, you'll be like, well, it might be too good to be true. I know. You can leave church just on fire. Be like, well, this might not last. I better just go back to my normal depressed way of living. Turn it on Frankie Beverly, all his hair, and you just, you just, oh, I forgot, this is Denver. Turn it on uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Talking about don't break my heart. My achy, breaky heart. I mean, like, that's an awful confession. And he blaming the women, and it's his fault. Don't break my heart, my achy, breaky heart. Well, that's your problem, sir. You need to be a better picker. Isn't it Billy Ray Cyrus? Oh, <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure I got it right because I used to say it was Garth Brooks. It's Billy Ray Cyrus. Now, watch this. Watch this. Can I give you one more example of this poor perception? 
It doesn't matter what you look at, you find a problem for every solution. You'd be like, well, let's do this. Well, the problem if we do it this way is <laughs> you find a problem for every solution. Every solution that exists, you find, some, you find a problem for it. You find a problem for it. Okay? Somebody says, well, you know, why don't I do this to do this to help you? Well, that ain't going to work because, see, what I got to do is. I'm trying to help you get out the mess. I didn't make it. I'm trying to be kind. When you have poor perception, watch this. Everything's everybody else's fault. When you have poor perception, you'd be like, well, if I had a different this, if I did this, if I had this, if I, well, if this was them, well, if this was them. Everything is not what it needs to be because when you have poor perception, you're double-minded. And the Bible says you're unstable in how many of your ways? All of them. So check it out. Bishop, how do I know if I have a perception problem? There's instability somewhere. If there's instability somewhere in your life, this book just told us. Somebody holler, it's in the book. And I'm getting ready to close it right through here. The book says that you're unstable in all of your ways, which means if there's instability in your life, there means there might be poor perception in your sight. You say, Bishop, I'm, I always got to start over. Check the man in the mirror. Check the woman in the mirror. Y'all ain't saying amen to this. Y'all ain't talking to me tonight. Y'all wanted me to tell you it's the devil and the devil is the... Listen, Jesus took care of the devil 2,000 years ago. Stop talking about him and giving him so much credit and giving him so much power that he doesn't have. When Jesus says it is finished, it was finished. Somebody holler yes. So, so we can make silly decisions because of short-term struggles because we have poor perception. I don't, we don't look at it right. Somebody doesn't, somebody doesn't, you know, do something you want them to do, and now all of a sudden, you know, say, hey, this is why I don't trust nobody. That's one out of seven billion. Somebody going to tell the truth. You do know, can I go on and close with this? And I'm getting ready to close. Um, David, say David. David was the eighth seed, the eighth son of Jesse. Jesse's name means God's gift. Seven sons of Jesse passed before Samuel, the man of God, when they were looking to anoint a new king to replace the incumbent king, Saul. So check it out. As they're there, as they're looking at it, seven sons pass. And Jesse's like, these guys have to be the one. They have to be the one. They have to be the one. And Samuel's like, they're not it. They're not it. They're not it. So watch this. It looked. Once he got to seven, he was like, well, is this it? Well, I says, that's where somebody's at in their life right now. I tried this, tried this, 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 this. Is this it? It doesn't look like there's any other options to play. It doesn't look like there's any more opportunity for me. It doesn't look like there's any way for my life to improve. It doesn't look like there's any way for my life to grow. It looks like this is going to be the end of me. This is going to be the ceiling. Uh, this is going to be the top that I'll ever be able to achieve. And then Samuel, the man of God, says, wait a minute. There's got to be some more people here. It says, are there any others? And they said, well, sure, there is. There's, 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 there's this other one. There yet remains the youngest. In other words, the least suspected one, um, the one that doesn't look like they'd be the fit, the one that everybody else said wasn't qualified. 
who am I preaching to tonight? The one everybody else said ain't going to be them. The one everybody else gave up on. The one everybody else walked out on. He says, yeah, he's out there keeping the sheep. Here's what he inferred, but it couldn't possibly be David. Just like some people have said about you, it couldn't. It couldn't possibly be you that's going to be the curse breaker. It couldn't possibly be you that's going to be the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. It couldn't possibly be you. And then watch what he says. Arise and anoint him for this is the one. Check it out. Seven fakes, one real. That's what I need you to get you to see. Don't let the seven counterfeit friends give you poor perception that there'll never be a real friend. Oh, come on, church. Don't let the, the seven failed businesses make you think there'll never be a real, y'all not saying nothing. Don't, don't make the seven failed relationships make you think there's not gonna be an eighth one. And I love David B. I feel like preaching him. I love David being number eight because eight means a new beginning. It means a reset. It means a fresh start. So, here it is. We've all made silly decisions because of short-term struggles with poor perception. Somebody holler, don't feed the wildlife. We've all done it. That's what the blood of Jesus is for. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask for and I receive forgiveness for every foolish and silly decision that I've made, being impatient and feeding poor perception. I ask for my perception to line up with your perception. Let this mind that was in Christ be in me also. I receive that right now. Correct my perception. I can't feed that wildlife anymore. I can't feed panic anymore. I can't feed pigs anymore. I will not feed the wildlife in Jesus' name. Give him praise Wednesday Night Live if you believe what you pray. Oh, come on. I said give him praise Wednesday Night Live if you believe. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.